Amen. Our Bible reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 2, and we're reading from verse 8 right through to verse 19. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Let's hear the word of God reading as we've often proclaimed from the authorized version, a most faithful and reliable translation of the Holy Scriptures. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and pondered them in her heart. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 19. And we pray that the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own precious and infallible word. Now this morning, my text is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now I've entitled this message... Good tidings for all at Christmas time. Now, this is the first of four special Christmas messages. If you come tonight, you'll hear the second one. And the second one that I've entitled is Great Joy for All at Christmas Time. But this morning, we're thinking of the first message Good tidings for all at Christmas time. Whenever a young Queen Elizabeth gave birth to her firstborn son, known as Prince Charles, the palace staff, they worked throughout the night to send out the message, a prince is born. And within one hour, 120 countries within the Commonwealth had been notified of the prince's birth. It was priority news. The media outlets were buzzing with a flurry of interest. Congratulations came pouring into the palace from the great and good, the, the, the high uh, uh, society, and even low society. Literally tens of thousands took a big interest in the news. A prince had been born in the palace, an heir to the throne, a, a, a king, a future king for England. 
Yet how different it was when the Lord Jesus Christ was born. There was no big recognition that he was King of Kings and the Prince of Peace. No government announcement at Jerusalem. No broadsheets um, heralding forth the news. No tabloid press. No big street celebration. No stately public proclamation. You see, the birth of the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was an event that was barely noticed. The Bible teaches that Mary and Joseph came to Bethlehem to be taxed on the order of Caesar Augustus. Thousands were in Jerusalem that night. I've no doubt full of their own cares and worries, wrapped up in their own lifestyle. They had to put a name in a register. They had to state their occupation. Joseph was a carpenter. How much money they earned and, and discover the tax that they would have to pay even in goods that were coming from northern Galilee into uh, the area of Judea and Jerusalem. You see, for the majority of the inhabitants and visitors to Bethlehem, the news of the birth of a prince, the birth of a king, was no big importance. And today, I believe that Christmas time is the most wonderful time of the year. And it is good to be with family and friends. Good to have people home from university like Sarah Jane here. And Joanna's coming back from Miami. It's good to enjoy lovely food. It's good to exchange and give gifts to one another. But the deeper meaning focuses and should center on the birth of Christ and, and what is happening today throughout the, the, the whole of Christendom in a sense that that is largely unnoticed. I was in Orlando last week. I was thinking of the thousands that were on the street, the thousands that were in the shopping centers, people going about their own business, buying things, bargaining, hunting. Others, of course, were, were, were interested in boozing. You think of the many that live a, a hedonistic lifestyle, a, a lifestyle re, without regard to the Lord and the things of God. Uh, and you see, the birth of Christ is not considered. And if it is considered, people pay lip service. It, it has no real big impact. Their life is not changed and transformed. And that night in Bethlehem, while the vast majority had no interest or deep knowledge of the birth of the prince, the son of God, there was a few to whom it was revealed. That night, I want to emphasize, was not the 25th day of December. It was unlikely that this birth of the prince happened in the dead of winter. But the truth is that God, in his sovereign wisdom, had a day planned in the world's history when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would be born of the Virgin Mary. I believe he was born in God's time. God had an appointed time when Mary should deliver the Christ child. Galatians 4 and 5 tells us, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. A day that God had planned. A day that God had ordained from all eternity. But we don't want to just focus on the period. We want us to focus on why he was born. What purpose 
And that purpose was revealed to a few shepherds. You see that night, young people, one solitary angel came from heaven. Probably Gabriel. He appeared to a few shepherds. The shepherds were terrified. The Bible tells us they were sore afraid because they're ushered into the very presence of God. And here's what the angel said. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Notice the words, glad tidings. What does that mean? Well, it literally means good news. In fact, it's the same word that's translated gospel throughout the New Testament. Do we not live in a world full of bad news today? Bad news Much of it has so little impact upon our hearts and minds. We hear it so often. We've become accustomed to it. We've we've hardened, in a sense, our heart and mind. What do we hear about? This past 10 months, we've heard about the Ukraine war. And war is a terrible thing, the scourge of any society. The death, the destruction, the devastation. Can you think of the Ukrainian people today with no heat and little running water and, and shortage of food? We heard of constantly about the impact of global warming, the earth's burning up, or the earth's drying up, or the threat of rising sea levels, the poles, the north and south poles are are melting. Now, it's all propaganda, I believe that. But we also hear about rising food prices. You go to buy something last year was costing you a pound, it's now costing you one pound twenty-five due to inflation. And then rising energy costs, oil and gas and electricity. And then add to the mix the problems within our society. The booze culture, the drug culture, the racial tensions. And then add the moral evils of the day. Sodomy and and abortion, which is murder. And this transgenderism and, and child abuse. And what's forgotten? The gospel is forgotten. And even at Christmas time, what's Christmas time about? It's the good news of the birth of a Savior who is the Son of God. And you see, young people, listen to me carefully. If you want to think of the words glad tidings or gospel or good news, here's the summary. Jesus Christ was born for us. Jesus Christ lived for us. Jesus Christ died for us, buried for us, rose again for us. He he was seen of men for us. He's ascended for us as a prince and a savior. And he's coming back for us. See, Jesus Christ is real. Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this world now. And Jesus Christ has an interest in us. And that's the message that still needs to be heralded forth. A message that needs to be heard. A message that actually brings health and hope to the heart of all who receive it. This message was not just a little story. This message was not just something that's mythological or made up. At its heart, this message had to be believed. This message had to be received And this message had the power to change and transform life. The message was described as a message of glad tidings. Listening again to the text. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let me just leave with you for a few minutes a number of thoughts. Glad tidings that brings comfort. 
Note the words here, and the angel said unto them, fear not. You see, there has to be a word of recognition. The Bible tells us in the context in verse 9 that the shepherds were sore afraid. That means they were terrified. You can imagine how frightened the shepherds were. Sitting in a dark night with the only light, maybe the shepherd's lamp, maybe the light of a flickering fire, and suddenly the sky lights up like it's noontime. And add to that the appearance of an angel. The Bible says they were sore afraid. That means they were terrified. The, the shepherd sitting in darkness with a little flickering light is a picture of a lost human race. You think of a people sitting in darkness in the shadow of death. That's how Luke chapter 1 verse 79 says, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our way, our feet into the way of peace. You think of the masses living in the darkness of sin. And when the glory of God in his holiness suddenly breaks in upon people who are living in the darkness of sin, the only response is this. It's one of great fear. And even godly people, when they're ushered into the very presence of God or ushered into the presence of the holy angels, their response too is great fear and reverence and awe. Think of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. He was a preacher. And, and, and he had a, a vision of God. And, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And what was his response? Isaiah 6 and verse 5. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. You see, suddenly Isaiah realized he was a great sinner. And you know, it's a fearful thing to be ushered into the presence of God. And brought face to face with his glory. This pagan culture. Sadly, thousands in Northern Ireland, thousands of young people, they, they have no fear of God. And sadly, even in the professing church of Jesus Christ, there is so little fear of God. And yet the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is, is understanding. And, and, and even some churches and preachers, they deny God's impending judgment in sinners. What has happened? Well, God has been dethroned in people's minds. God's looked upon as an old gentleman figure who's, who's tolerant of our sins. And he'll only judge the worst of sinners. Well, the murderers, they'll be judged. Aye, and the child molesters, oh, they'll be judged. But the rest of us, you know, we're basically good. We're, we're, we're okay. But, but they don't know and understand what the Bible teaches about the total depravity of the human heart. And they don't understand or know what the Bible teaches about God's wrath against sin. And they're in great danger. And if you're outside of Jesus Christ, then I, I want to point out you're in great danger. And the good news is this. Jesus Christ was born to bring you comfort even in the presence of God. Suppose, for example, you're in the bank. You're going to withdraw some money and there's a long line and you're near the door. And suppose I rush in and grab you by the arm and drag you out of the bank and you're going to say to me, what on earth are you doing? Look, you've tore my shirt. You've hurt my arm. And I'm saying, but you need saving from the bank. And you're thinking, but I don't need saving. 
I'm not in danger. I've lost my place in the line. But suppose you're standing in that very same bank in the long line and you're near the door. And suppose a group of robbers or terrorists are taking over the bank or raiding the bank and they're taking people hostage. And I see it. And I rush in and grab you. And even if I hurt your arm and tear your shirt, are you not going to be grateful? You'll not be worried about the torn shirt or the hurt arm. You'll not worry about losing your place. What's the difference? You realized and understood that you were in danger. Danger of being taken hostage or danger of maybe being shot dead as sometimes happens in a robbery or with terrorists. And here's the point. Outside of Jesus Christ, you face the greatest imaginable danger ever. Listen to these words in John chapter 3 and verse 36. The Bible says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. To die without Christ, to stand before a holy God. Remember the Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, and after death is too late. Too late to repent. And no amount of good works and no amount of religiosity and no amount of prayers will, will help in that day. And here's these shepherds and they're ushered into the very presence of God. Just one angel. And they're terrified. And as a word of recognition, the angel had to say to them, fear not. These shepherds were outcasts. They were nobody really important. They had seen this light that ushered them into the presence of God and, and they were terribly frightened. But being in God's presence, here's the glad tidings that they first received. It brought comfort to them for they were told, fear not. The message was one of comfort. A savior has been born. And a saviour who's been born who will deliver all who receive him. Not only a word of recognition, but a word of reassurance. The angel dealt with their fear. Their fear was real. But there was a word to dispel that fear. And maybe this morning, you are a born-again believer and you're in the house of God. And, and you're full of fear. And we've got to recognize how many people are fearful of losing their job at this time. Worried about their family growing up. Worried about their financial status. Worried about how they're going to make ends meet. Worried about how they're going to pay their bills. Fearful of the unknown future in 2023. Afraid of a set of circumstances that they're, they're struggling with. Maybe a, 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 afraid of death. And I want to say this morning, if you're full of such a feeling of fear, and that fear's real and it's palpable and you're conscious of it, the gospel of Jesus Christ is able to deal with such fear. Because fear, remember, is the result of the fall into sin. Adam was the first man to say to God, I was afraid. See, he was afraid to meet God in his sin because he had just sinned against God. Mary was told in one of those readings in Luke chapter 1, I think it was in the verse 30, Fear not, heal thou art highly favored. 
Mary was not above woman, but she was among women. She was not the queen of the universe. She was not the queen of heaven. I was driving in a taxi and I saw in Orlando a particular church and a big billboard outside that this church was dedicated to the, the, the queen of the universe. But Mary was a sinner. And as a sinner, remember, she offered a sin offering unto God after the birth of Christ. Mary was told, don't be afraid. Fear's real. Fear's an awful thing. Fear has torment. The angel didn't say, I'm here to kill you. I'm here to judge you. I'm here to destroy you. But no, but I'm here to tell you, don't be afraid, for I have good news for you. A savior has come. Let go of your fear. You don't need to be in bondage to fear. Fear not. It's a wonderful message. There's 365 of them in the Bible. Remember the scripture that tells us God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be... And even though terrible things happen, Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2, we can let go of our fear because God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the day of trouble, and we can trust him. Glad tidings that brings comfort, a word of recognition. You recognize that you'll be ushered into the very presence of God, but you need that reassurance. You don't need to be afraid because of the good news of the gospel. But also, secondly, glad tidings is truly comprehensive. If you look at our text, it says, uh, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Notice the words you, and notice the words all people. You is a reference to the shepherds. Now think of the shepherds. They're unnamed. We don't know their names. Do you know that the shepherds is a very humble occupation? Do you know that it was mostly the lower class that looked after the sheep? Did you know that these shepherds were looked upon as people who were unclean? The commoners, the outcasts, the undesirable ones, the unloved ones, the unwanted ones. How do I know that? Well, listen to this verse in Genesis chapter 46 and 34. Um, that ye shall say that Thy servant's trade had been about cattle from our youth, even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may, be, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. In other words, the Egyptians highly despised anybody that came along. And if you asked them, what do you do? I'm a shepherd. Well, you were immediately despised. You were an outcast. You were unclean. You were, you, you were the lowest of the low. You were unloved. You were unwanted. And you've been treated very, very badly. This message came to that class of people. And I believe it was deliberately designed by a sovereign God to send out a message. That this message, it's, it's not just for the wise and the educated. It's not just for the royal house. It's for all people, including the legs of the shepherd, those that feel unloved and unwanted, those that feel undesirable. In fact, over there in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 7 uh, and in the verse um, 9, we, we read these lovely words. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. In other words, it was for all nations, Jew and Gentile, 
educated and uneducated, rich and poor, high and low, religious people, respectable people, but, but reckless sinners were included. The gospel is a word for all individually. The gospel is a word for every nation. Remember what the Lord Jesus taught because he's the good shepherd. And he said this. Isn't it interesting that he classified as the good shepherd, which is an abomination to the Egyptians? And we read in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, for to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Here's a message that not only brings comfort, but is truly comprehensive. Could I tell you something else very quickly? This glad tidings is fully Christ-centered. If you look at the message, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Notice these three titles, a Savior. There's his purpose. Why did he come? Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what Joseph was told to call him. Call him Jesus. Because it translates into Savior. The Lord Jesus was not a politician, not a social reformer, not a revolutionary, not a good man, not a great teacher, not a prophet as Islam teaches, not a wonderful example as the liberals and modernists want us to believe, not a highly intelligent individual. You need to focus on who he is. He's a savior. He, he, he was born to save. And how was he going to save? He, he, he was going to die on the cross and shed his precious blood. And in the ground of that shed blood, salvation would be procured for all who would know and trust him as Lord and Savior. In fact, there was a sign given when he was born. Not only put into the manger, which is a feeding trough for animals, but young people. The first cloth to touch the baby Jesus was the cloth that was used to wrap up a dead body. And surely that was a sign. Was not what the, the, the shepherd said, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and a dirty feeding trough for animals wrapped in the in the cloth that's used to wrap up a dead body and that was a sign that he was born to die that's his purpose notice his person it says which is christ we'll pause there the word christ christos means the anointed one remember peter's great confession Flesh and blood hadn't revealed it to him. God had revealed it to him. Revealed by divine revelation. As it was revealed unto the shepherds. Remember they said. Which the Lord hath made known unto us. This was divinely revealed. That the anointed one had come. The, the promised Messiah. Anointed to be the prophet. The priest. The king. How do you look upon Christ? Do you look upon him as the anointed one? Your anointed prophet to teach and tell you. The way of salvation. Your anointed priest to offer the sacrifice and make intercession. Your anointed king at whose feet you must kneel. The anointed one has come. That's the message. The Savior is the anointed one. He is Christ. But think of his preeminence. Christ the Lord. You've got to think of his incarnation. The miracle of it, the majesty of it, the, the, the mystery of it, the mercy of it. Remember what we read in John chapter 1 and in the verse 14. 
John 1 and 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Great is the mystery of God, as God was manifest in the flesh. He is preeminent because he's God in the flesh. And where was he born? He was born in Bethlehem. Do you know what Bethlehem means in the Hebrew, boys and girls, young people? It means the house of bread. Beth means house. Lehem means bread in the Hebrew. House of bread. That's what Bethlehem was known as. And where was he born? In Bethlehem. Because he's the bread of life. And if you go to the house of bread, you'll find the bread of life there. That bread of life is none other than God himself manifest in human flesh. And that's the wonder of the Christmas time. The babe in the manger. You think of God in the manger. And one final thing, and our time is gone. The glad tidings that willingly were confessed. You see, the wonderful thing about the shepherds is they went out and made it known. I believe these shepherds were saved. I believe they were converted. And this was the response. They went out to preach the gospel. Christ, the Savior, the Lord, is born in Bethlehem. He is real. He's alive. He has been born. He is here now. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? That, that's what we read about at this at good at tidings. It says, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds willingly confessed glad tidings that were willingly confessed. I wonder this morning if you're a child of God and you have received and recognized who Jesus Christ is and you have accepted his purpose as he's my saviour and you have embraced him as far as his person is concerned he's the anointed of God, the promised Messiah and, and you're full of a sense of his preeminence this, is, this person is the Lord, the Lord of glory will you go out and confess him to others who need to hear this message the Lord bless you today the glad news for all at Christmas time.